<laughs> Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me as always is Aaron. Hey. This week we'll be discussing the horror classic Rosemary's Baby starring Mia Farrow, uh, John Cassavetes, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ruth Gordon. Charles Ruth Broden. Gordon? You should have led with Ruth Gordon, quite frankly. <laughs> she is chewing up scenery like you wouldn't believe. She steals every scene she's in, basically. Uh-huh. She and Laura Louise. Oh, God, not Laura Louise. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Anyway, go ahead and go to our page on Facebook, at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter, at T-Podcast, T-W-Die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Some good times. And Aaron, you have a personal uh, Twitter account as well. It is. It is the cult of Aaron. So send her all of your non-movie uh, stuff there, I guess, right? I guess you could. No, you can send some movie stuff there. But mostly I retreat. <laughs> retweet other people's pretty pictures and and angry trump political crap good that i di- that i dare not repost on facebook <laughs> i do it all i, I know the, the world you're, you're, you're burning down orange county i'm burning it down baby one block at a time <laughs> um okay so give us the uh the two second uh rundown of the plot of rosemary's baby Young couple moves into uh, the most uh, fantastic apartment in all of New York City. Oops, next door neighbor's devil worshiper. Oops, your shady husband uh, will will sell you in in one evening uh, for fame and glory. Uh, you realize uh, things are going sideways too late. You're a frail little uh, bird bone creature. There's nothing you can do. You give birth to Satan's baby, and in the end, you come around, okay, I'll raise Satan's baby. Yep. The end. Good. Evil wins. Evil wins. It is year zero, <laughs> or what are they? It's year one. That's what they it's say. It's year one. Adrian has risen. Yeah. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> I always thought she was kind of the devil, too. She so. was. Yeah, there you have it. Um Jumping right in, the crazy la 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 la, the weird la 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 soundtrack that is at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's all. Who Mia Farrow, it, brother. Mia yep. Farrow in her in her most triumphant role ever. I can um, see already that you are going to have every single detail that I have written down, written down in your shady little note. Oh, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. So, it's just going to be me screeching over you. Hey, no, you're stealing that. it. You're stealing all my <laughs> good ruined, stuff. You ruined everything. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, Mia Farrow, who looks like she's 19 in this bad boy, and she may have she's, been, frankly. She, she's probably not that far from it. No. She plays Rosemary Woodhouse, who's the housewife of aspiring actor, Guy Woodhouse, played by John Cassavetes. Um, I have to say, so they're checking out this apartment. Is it kind of a lousy interior? There's like oh, you know, the paint no. is weird, like the tile is all screwed up. And see, this is this shows your ignorance. Please. So what happened is somebody moved into this like since the, they've been in there since the dawn of time, right? So it's decorated in kind of a, like uh, the end of the 19th century. And clearly it's like old people get to a certain age where they just stop buying furniture. So apparently for her, that was like uh, 1910. No, no. And, and I get all that. I get all that. They're, the apartment's all dark and scary and weird herbs and things it's growing. The, it's the dark woodwork. It's the rugs everywhere. It's the dark furniture with the heavy drapery. Yep dust mites galore but i wasn't even talking about that before they even get in when they're walking down the hall the tiles are all thrashed on the floor and the paint on the wall is all crazy i'm like presumably there's an hoa that you have to pay that handles this stuff but one would think yeah there's some neglected repair yet they have money for an elevator operator they do they have a dude that stands in there and evidently if you don't have the elevator operator handling it it is impossible to operate that bad boy later in the movie rosemary's trying to figure it out and has to jump out of the 
the elevator. <laughs> let, let me tell you. Please. They had one, one of those times I was in Italy, they had one of those. The problem with those when you don't have a dude is whoever gets off on the top floor invariably forgets to close the cage. So guess what? It ain't no coming down. Wah, it ain't wah, coming wah. down. Yeah. Um, okay, so, but evidently it's like she, her husband's an aspiring actor. He was in such he things as... He did a Yamaha scooter ad. So that did... makes it uh, so they could afford the most amazing, gigantic apartment in all of New York City. An apartment so yes. fantastic that John Lennon and Yoko Ono live there. Yoko Ono, I think, still lives there. This is actually the Dakota. The Dakota, right. Uh, this is true, but he was also in such plays as Luther and Nobody Loves an Albatross, as we well, hear a true. thousand Nobody times. Loves a, an Albatross. These are real plays, and later in the movie... Is it? Yeah, yeah I looked it I up. thought it was like a fake uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull or some... Oh, I th you're like right, because they sounded so ridiculous but yeah. it's true later roman castavets who we later meet is talking to him about oh weren't you albert finney's understudy albert finney became famous playing luther on broadway so this these are real this is a yeah, real deal I, I believe there's a play about luther yes but is there nobody loves an there albatross? is there oh, is Lord. i don't i didn't take the time to actually read it the was, plot it was but... theater in the 60s so what do you want so he he did a couple things evidently but again like you said uh doing well enough to afford a, a fancy apartment in the uh in the dakota what is it called Not, yeah the dakota so it's clearly even nicer than the one on friends where they have 12 roommates this is a guy who yep. currently doesn't have a job no he has to and his stay-at-home child bride. That's correct. Now they're okay, so they've moved in, and right out of the gate, Mia's like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna make love, hun?" And there's a five-minute scene of them casually getting undressed, and you see naked Mia. I was shocked. I'm like, "What is happening?" Oh, by the way, her boobs in that that later scene are not actually her boobs. As oh. you can see, she's totally flat-chested. Well, they she had, looks flat-chested in both scenes, so for, for whatever the, that's worth. The, I'm just telling you, she had a, 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 a booby body double for the ones in the dream <laughs> sequence where she's just straight-up nips. <laughs> it could be. I, I'm not doubting it. But, it was, but that first scene, that was her. There's yeah. the, I mean, I was like, what in the hell? I was well, shocked. She was kind of cheating the shot. She was... Uh, you're right. You know, she didn't just stand there and just strip down and and, no. and then dance around the room. She was like kind of turning no. sideways. Right. There was no full frontal. No, this wasn't hot dog the movie or anything like that. This is <laughs> this is tasteful. It wasn't Porky's. What? <laughs> exactly. This was this was tastefully done. Tastefully. Uh, um, so then they meet their their wacky old neighbors, the Castavets. Who evidently you can hear them through the walls. It's like you hear what's her name, Minnie Castavet, the the old yeah. woman going Minnie on and, and on, Minnie and Roman, just annoying as hell. Um, but one thing I jumped down is it's like I found it interesting. The neighbors are called the Castavets, and the actor who plays uh, Rosemary's husband, Guy, is John Castavetis. Castavets, Castavetis, coincidence? I, probably. Probably, I but think I found it, it might be. <laughs> but I found it interesting nonetheless. They were dressed like crazy pastels and stripes and like uh, weird. They're mods. They're mods. It was it was quite bizarre. Okay, it was quadrophenia, old people style. Indeed. So uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I don't. I. <laughs> but see, yes, and yes, I don't yes, say. What do you and. mean? Lies! Stop trying to control me. <laughs> I am uncontrollable. So there's so she meets she meets somebody in the laundry room and she's like, I thought you're Victoria Vitri. I looked it up. Victoria Vitri was a playmate for Playboy magazine, and the actress was in fact Victoria Vitri. Bizarre. Yes, I did I that is kind of funny. Uh because I did look up Half these movies, I swear, that we're doing, somebody's in Playboy at some yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. So she's living with the cast of Vets. She was like a crazy drug addict and whatever else. She's kind she of vague. A, the coolest outfit when she's in that terrifying old laundry room. Yeah. So she, That's, they become friends, right? Or kind of quick yeah. friends. 
And well, there's nobody else there. She she clearly has no real friends. No. And the only people they've met in the, the biggest freaking uh apartment building in the whole world are like 80 year old people right everybody's a thousand years old except for this one girl a former junkie street walker evidently yeah um who in the next scene winds up dead jumped out of the window basically mm-hmm. uh again she was living with the cast of Etch. they were so nice taking care of her they're like her parents now she's dead questionable um that very night, if I'm not uh, misremembering, she, uh, the cast of Vets invite Guy and Rosemary up to their house for steak dinners, right? Right. The, the, the next night after the girl dies. Next yes. night. Um, and neither one of them really want to go because they, they're like, they live just right across the hall. It's going to be annoying. They're going to be knocking on our door all the time. But what Rosemary, are we do? you know, she's taught to be compliant and polite. He's kind <laughs> of a dick. Oh, you can't make friends with old people, you dumb woman. You know, that they'll be banging on the door all the time. And, and what he, happens? He ain't it's wrong. crazy him. <laughs> right. Well, that's, you're right. That's the thing. So they're having dinner. They're drinking vodka blushes. Another thing I had to look up. Yeah, and it's a fake thing. They made it up just for the movie. Made it up for, but you can order one now if you're so inclined. I guess yeah. it's like so, grenadine, has, yeah, grenadine and lime juice with vodka. Very nice. My book, my book club last year uh, does a Halloween book every Halloween. Last year it was Rosemary's Baby. Yep. So they made uh, a, a concoction out of Bailey's. It was all green. It was uh, the drink that Rosemary drank. Oh, right. <laughs> And then they made a, a vodka blush. Oh, lovely. Sounds delicious. So they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of getting through the dinner, blah, blah, blah. Smash cut to Rosemary's helping Minnie with the dishes. And Roman and uh, Guy are in the other room talking kind of surreptitiously. And knowing what we know, you can see that's when the deal was struck. Well, you can Don't tell you earlier in the evening, they're feeling them out. Because right. we already know the secret. So yes. uh, upon second watch, they're making all these comments like the Pope is coming to, to New York City, which was huge. Yes. I think it was the first time the Pope had had uh, come Yankee to the United Stadium States. or whatever. Yankee yep. Stadium. Yep. And they were making all these comments about, you know, t- uh, clearly feeling out how religious they are because clearly they're they're lapsed Catholics. Right. And Basically. it was like, oh, it's. You know, uh, he wouldn't have come and le- without all these people being there, and it's all a business. You know, all this Just, kind of shady stuff you hear from anti-Catholics. Right. It was basically a lot of like, just because he's the Pope doesn't mean he's holy. I mean, That's think of right. all the money they're spending, and, uh-huh. bah, bah, bah. and of course, you hear a guy go, "Hmm, that's an interesting point." So which oh is bizarre. <laughs> it's a bizarre thing to He's be like, like, I never thought of that. Yeah, you're right. Now that you mention it, it's weird. So you get the sense. Okay. He's the, the deal has been struck because on the way home, they're kind of laughing about, you know, oh, you had two slices of that crazy cake that they made. Oh, I was being polite, but you know, what? I think I'm going to go back there tomorrow night too. If that's cool, honey, you don't have to come though. You yeah. can stay home. I'm going to go it's by myself. It's probably better if you don't go. In fact, I'll slap you if you try to come with me. <laughs> yeah, suddenly he's like, oh, that he's got all these great stories. And she's like, whatever. Yeah. It's like the moment you know what's up, then it's like they beat you over the head with something's up. Because so guy goes over right by yeah. himself. Rosemary's like, I'm going to listen to a record and read uh, Sammy, David, Sammy Davis Jr.'s biography on the couch. Gets two sentences and what's, in. What's the name? Wait, what's it? Uh, to dream the impossible dream. Can shut your mouth. Yes, oh, I can. Somewhere. By Sammy Davis Jr. C- call me Mr. Bojangles. I don't remember. Sheboing, boy, boing, boy. boing. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> anywho, oh dear God. So she starts to read, and then here come Minnie and Laura Louise. Who f- Laura Louise? There's another old crazy bat that lives in the building, and they basically force their way in. And pull out their embroidery and their knitting. They're, knitting. They're going to be here. No, no, Laura Louise is doing embroidery. and Are you uh, sure? Me, and Minnie is doing, and she's knitting something. And, and, right. and in retrospect, what you realize is they're there to keep an eye on her. In case she wants to swing over and visit old uh, the conversations going on by Roman and, and Guy. And whatever... Uh... 
I'm sure there's some kind of a ceremony that allows his penis to become the penis of Satan. So whatever that is, they don't want him walking in. Plus, yep. uh, Minnie wants to show off uh, her to Laura Louise. Oh, right. Yes. But uh, they immediately just force themselves in and, and pretty much ignore Yeah. And then they give her the, the fancy pendant, which is the same pendant that uh, Victoria Vitri was wearing when she bit the dust. Uh, and she doesn't mention that. Does not mention it. And it's got a peculiar smell. Oh, that's tannis root. Tannis root. It's, it's good for good luck. Something like that. It has a foul smell, but you'll get used to it eventually. <laughs> that's always a good selling point. I know it reeks. Yeah, no, I won't. I know it reeks to high heaven, but eventually you'll become so uh, numb to it that it won't bother you anymore, evidently. Uh, crazy. Crazy town. Mm-hmm. So later, guy comes back, and Mia Farrow's like, she gave me this crazy pendant. It reeks. I'm never going to wear it. And he takes offense. He's like, well, if if you took it, you got to wear it, right, honey? Why don't you put it on right now, Sour Patch? So you could see it. Is he you, and you are, uh, you're talking to your wife that that's, way? Sour that's, patch. He threw a Sour Patch in there. I'm almost positive. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he's, he's a great uh, controlling a-hole. I, I just hate him. I hate him. From the moment he comes on screen, he's a dick, and he's, he just gets worse. See, I have, to say, I have to say this. He's definitely controlling. But there's a scene yeah. where it's like he buys her a bunch of flowers. Says, hey, honey, sorry I've been so distant. I feel like it's a manipulation. Well, that's what I was like. I don't, I don't think they sold that to me. Mm-mm. It was like kind of like it was a tell me, don't show me kind of moment where it's just like, hey, audience, take my word for it. This isn't how I usually act. You know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't buy that for a second. That was clear. That was all. That wasn't for us. That was him just trying to buy time with her. Okay. I'll take your word for it. He, I, think, I think he can tell that, that, I mean, clearly she knows immediately. She knows this dude inside and out. Uh, she knows immediately you're not making eye contact with well, me. Well, that's later. This, but that's she later. never complained. But she never complained. She is, she is such a martyr. Well, it's, it's a weird thing. And I, I'm going to say this again. I feel like there's a lot of her telling us that he's acting differently rather than them showing us on the screen. Like when it's like, honey, when are we going to talk about this? What do you mean? You're not looking at me ever. You've never looked at me. Or you raped me. How about that? Can we talk about that? That's all. That's later in the story. So, (laughs) oh, that's that's the thing. So I was, I was laughing because Mia Farrow half the time sounds like she's British. Have you noticed that? There's a weird lilt to the way she speaks in this movie. Maybe it's the way she always speaks. But it's a weird. Is it a new, is it a New England thing? Because I do think she has a very strange uh, voice pattern. It's hard to say. It's a it's a bizarro situation. So okay, so the husband is like, "Hey, honey." Um, oh, wait, I'm trying to remember what happens first. The the actor. Okay, so he doesn't get the part. He doesn't get a part in the play that he was up for. He's feeling upset and vulnerable. Right. Oh, it, almost immediately after he goes back with Roman and and kind of agrees to the pack. Boom! Donald Baumgarten is struck blind. Yes. The guy who got Can't the part. Do the play. The guy who got the part that uh, I did not get suddenly is struck blind. I'm just glad he was choice number two. What happens if he's choice number five? How many guys have to There's be struck blind, blind before it eventually gets to old guy? Anyway. He, <laughs> Satan don't give a damn. Clearly not. So he gets this part now. And it's a big part because it's, you know, people are going to be watching. It's the kind of thing that gets people noticed. Bah, bah, bah. And he's now like, okay, let's, let's make a baby. Let's do this. So they're having a fancy dinner. Minnie shows up with crazy uh, chocolate mousse that she's made for their special yes. dinner. And for once, doesn't really force her way in. That should have been the clue. That's something peculiar. That's a red flag. Red yes. flag. So they start eating these chocolate mousses. And Rosemary immediately is like, there's a weird taste to this. There's a chalky undertaste. Yeah, this, is, this is weird. And he, he pulls a whammy on her. Well, fine. Don't eat it. There's always something with you. Pull some whammy on her. And she's like, oh, fine. Oh, my God. I, w- I would have stuck a knife <laughs> in his throat. I w- 
Shut the hell up. If I don't want to eat the effing moose, who the hell cares? Who does it hurt? If she doesn't know, if I throw this in the trash and wash the cup and bring it back, who does it hurt? You're forcing me to eat something I don't want to eat? I'm going to stab you. It was so bizarre. Well, I mean, knowing what we know, it makes sense. But she should have been more on guard, unless this is just how she rolls. So she has to pretend like she's wolfed this stuff down. She scoops it into her napkin. Can you imagine having to behave that way? It's bizarre. What it tells me, once again, is... He's he t- he's t- done this kind of shit before. Right. So she has to. <laughs> if if this was out of the blue, you'd be like, "What?" Yes. So she it, she's obviously drugged, which we know, and he's got to take her. But not drugged. Clearly enough. not. But she's having weird dreams. Did you notice that there was this weird like Catholic dreams or b- bricking up the windows and the the nuns yelling at these, her? I don't even know what you mean by weird dreams because these are the dreams. These I are standard dreams for you. Interesting. These are just my standard dream because I wake up in the middle of one and then I fall back to sleep and now it's morphed into another one. I think the way they do dreams in this is so true. <laughs> where, and, and honestly, you with your crazy it's dreams, true. where you pick up the outside sounds, yeah. things that are going on beyond you, and somehow you incorporate that into your bizarro dolly esque yeah. dreams. Oh, yeah. The, those dreams are all my dreams, where, oh my God, when, when she is passed out and he puts her in the bed. Yeah. And she's float. The bed is floated on water. I I totally get it. She obviously has like some kind of like the spin. She's dizzy, but her brain is processing it. She must be on the waves. Right. Oh yeah. And all this other strange and weird nonsense. And right again at this point, the audience is like, okay, so her husband is full on. He's on board for whatever this is. Whatever this this conspiracy yeah. is. He's he's a. He's full speed ahead. He's like getting her naked, taking her clothes off, and not doing it very gently either. He's just ripping her. No, I mean you can see the look he on his face. He's he's not. There's no. Uh, he's not concerned. He's not torn up about it. He's all in. So he's all in. Smash cut to. There's 15 naked octogenarians standing around the bed now. They're not shy about showing us some old people in the buff. Oh my God! It's like watching a Clint Eastwood. This was movie. the most terrifying oh. part of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. It was rough, rough around the edges, and then a crazy werewolf kind of character. That's the devil. That's the devil. It, it kind of looks like it has guy's face at one point. Well, I think he channels guys. So body. is that what you there think? Separate, I, in my mind, there wasn't a knock on the door and Satan showed up. I think it, that's why uh, he had to be prepared for all of this. So I think the Channing possessed. Well, maybe so. It's kind of up in the air. It's hard to know what happens. Although the next morning, he's he's acting weird now. Weirder than usual. Yeah. Where it's like, that's where we start to notice he's not really looking at her anymore. And he apologizes. Oh, honey, Sorry. You know, we both had a little too much to drink. I, I jumped. Yeah, she has scratches yeah. all over her back. And uh, you sorry, hon. I, I clipped my nails. It was kind of, he said, I, I enjoyed it in a necrophile sort of way. Uh, he's just a dick. Oh, that is worst. awful. That is the most horrible line I think I've ever seen. Sweet Jesus. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Not a good guy. I think we're. Because she starts off with, I had a dream I was being raped. Yes. It wasn't a dream. He's like, whoa, whoa. Sorry, honey. Me too. Sorry. That's, <laughs> even in the 60s, that's what we call it, yeah, friend. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a sad situation. It may, may not be a crime in Alabama, but we still called yeah, it that. You're not allowed to climb on your unconscious wife. Yeah. And by we, I was three years old. So <laughs> you had strong opinions about it even then, though. Even then, if you asked me if as I was three, I would say, no, so not cool. she kind of lets it all go. She's like, whatevs. And she's pregnant. And she goes to her doctor that's been referred to her by her little friends or her sisters or whatever. No, they're her friends. Somebody. And it is, it is a crazy young Charles Grodin as yes. her doctor, Dr. Hill. Who seems very sensitive and very nice. He seems to have hair, which is very the opposite of Charles Grodin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. This is the opposite of every other role he'll ever have, essentially. Yes. Um, and what you notice. Including in real exactly. life. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
what you notice is she's a pregnant woman at this point. Everybody knows it. And everybody is smoking like a chimney. She's drinking wine. A guy walks in, lights up, walks into her house, lights a pipe right in front of her. It was a different time. Guy's smoking a cigar. That was the doctor. Yeah. There's no shame. There's no shame in her game. Oh, no. at, not even a little bit. Don't even ask. Smoke. No, no. Smoking and drinking was okay. Mom used to tell us, the doctors would tell you, calm mommy, calm baby. Or, or did they just mean the baby was comatose? Could be. Could be. No, mom drank through all her pregnancies. I mean, at one point, guy walks in with a carton of Paul Malls, of all things. Not just one uh-huh. cigarette box, a full bloody carton. That's how he's going to celebrate. He's just... That he's lighting them in to end. <laughs> so at this point, uh, Rosemary gets her fancy new haircut from Vidal Sassoon. Which actually was not Vidal Sassoon. Well, we don't know why they were giving the dirty finger to Vidal. But actually, she already had that haircut. Right. She's been wearing a wig up until this point. And I had heard all these crazy rumors that, like, when she got that haircut for the movie, that Sinatra, like, beat the crap out of her. But then I found, like, the wedding picture when she married Sinatra, and she had that right. cut. That was just her move. That was kind of her look, this pixie-ish kind of thing. But what's crazy is how everybody is just so casually like, that's the worst haircut I've ever seen. Quite frankly, it looks so much better than that terrible wig she was wearing because she is a pixie, so she can get away with that boy cut. But it's like, really? Your wife just got a, your pregnant wife just got a haircut, and you're going to tell her that that's the worst mistake you've ever made, honey? It's like I can't ima- Honestly, I could not imagine that. It's like Jack Nicholson, The Shining. Right from go, you're like, this dude's a My pregnant wife would have stabbed me while I slept. Of course. (laughs) And then then revived you and stabbed you again. That's that's basically what it is. Honestly. She did the CPR just so she can kill you again. No, I mean, we never, he's never really endearing in this movie. No. No, he's not. He goes from kind of neutral to it's all downhill. Frankly. Yeah. Um, so then their crazy old neighbor, Hutch, shows up and he sees her and he immediately is like, something's wrong. He's like, you look like crap. What do you mean you're pregnant? Right. Yeah. She's got like sunken out yeah. eyes. And who doesn't go to a different doctor if you are suffering and suffering? Yeah. We, we skipped over the part where basically uh, the cast of vets and her husband railroad her into firing Dr. Hill, the kindly Charles Grodin, to hiring old Dr. Saperstein, Abraham Saperstein, played by Ralph Bellamy, yeah. who tells her, yeah. you don't need any vitamins. Uh, I'll have your crazy next-door neighbor make you a special potion every night that you can take instead. Yeah. Don't read any books and don't talk to your right. friends. Because women are stupid and they don't know anything yeah. about birth and babies. I'm the only one. I'm the one. only one you should listen to. Don't, every pregnancy is different. All the books are wrong. All your friends are wrong. So only take a crazy concoction from your crazy neighbor. That's all you need. No vitamins. And then for the next six months, she's in constant pain. Constant abdominal pain. Abominable abdominal pain. So, (laughs) You know what's really weird? When she describes it to Hutch, she puts her hand up under her ribcage by by her stomach. Where you would think if she's in a lot of pain, it would be lower down in her pelvis, you know, where her uterus is. <laughs> Look, but be a pharaoh, I don't think it had any children. Not, not as point. of yet. And, and, and apparently Roman Polanski doesn't know a woman's anatomy. Either. Clearly. Uh, so he's like, hmm, this is all very strange. I'm going to go do some research. Her, her crazy friend Hutch. Of course, Hutch meets oh, yeah, Mr. Castavetz. Go for it. Hang on. When they first moved in there, Hutch oh, already right. knew the whole history of the bloody hotel and went on and on. Adrian Mikado, there were witches, there were cannibals, yeah. there's this. This place has a reputation like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. There's basically, and there's three things that they mention. And I looked it up thinking maybe some of this stuff was real. This is all baloney. Because this building, yeah. it, it's, it's called the... The Cambridge? The, well, that's not what it's called in the movie. The movie has a different name. Oh, it's the Branford. The Branford. Because it's named after Bram Stoker. They, that's where they got the name. Oh, that's interesting. So it's not a yeah. real, I mean, you know, the exteriors are real, obviously, but the uh, 
the this the name. particular name is not real. So they're talking about Adrian Marcato was this devil worshiper who was almost killed a hundred years ago. Then there were the Trench sisters who were you know eating little children that knocked on their door. And then there's a third one. Oh, Keith Kennedy also lived there. No further explanation. Oh yeah, I heard about that as well. One of the one of the Kennedys. One of, I guess one of the Kennedys. William Kennedy Smith lived there. I don't know. There's no further, no further information is given. So Hutch is like, I'll do some research. Uh, Roman uh, Castavet seems strange. I'm gonna go take care of it. Okay. Immediately, what, what really has happened is they're monitoring all her, uh, anyone who gets near yes. her. They've completely isolated her because she's in so much pain. She can't go out of the right. house. So. The minute they they realize somebody's at the house, they, they they swoop in to check them out and immediately put a call out to her husband, yep. and who comes racing in as she says in full makeup. Yes. He hasn't even bothered to take the the theater makeup yep. off. That's you're absolutely right. It's like the moment you know it's clear what's happening. He shows up, boom, yeah. and again, this is supposed to be a friend of theirs. Not just a friend of, yes. of hers. This is supposed to be his friend as well. It's all very peculiar. And at one point, yeah, uh, she's talking to her husband. She's like, you know, Hutch, uh, you know, was kind of concerned about X, Y, and Z. And guys, like, oh, he's a crepe hanger. He's an amateur crepe hanger from way back. I had to look it up. Do you know what a crepe hanger is? Are those the people who decorate for funerals? It just means a negative person. Yeah, that makes no sense. I, don't, I remember looking it up before. It, it, this is clearly a, a colloquialism that has not made it to California. It is not. Or, or you know, the 21st century, essentially. It's a sad situation. <laughs> it didn't make it out of the 60s. No. So, and then, of course, Hutch goes into a coma the next day. So she, again, is, is cut off. So she's like, I'm going to throw a party with just my young friends. Essentially, she's like, I've had enough of this crap. Right. I've had enough of, of being isolated. Clearly, I'm going to have a party for my friends, but clearly I don't have friends because not one time does my phone ring. No one ever no comes one. to visit me. No, no sisters, no brothers, nothing. Right. She, she apparently has this huge family and everyone's super fertile, but nobody comes to see right. her. She's totally cut off. Um, yeah. So, of course, Minnie says, well, I'll come in and I'll serve drinks. Uh, I'll take their coats. And she's like, no, 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 you're not invited. <laughs> you got to hit the yeah. hit the bricks, old bag. Um, yeah. And of course, Guy, Piss off. Guy is not thrilled about this, even though, again, these are their friends, not just her uh -huh. friends. But of course, he's fighting her every step of the way. And this is where yeah. she tells all her friends how she's in constant agony and has been for months. Yeah, they literally have to lock Guy out of the kitchen so they can have two minutes alone with her to hear what's really going right. on. So she, they tell her she needs to go to Dr. Hill. Because at this point, she's suspicious. She stopped taking Minnie's crazy, uh, I don't know, concoctions. She's dumping it down the, the sink. She's getting suspicious. Yeah. She's, she's finally standing up for herself. Right. But then, of course, the moment she does, the pain goes away. Instantly. Uh -huh. And she's back on board. She's like, okay, well, I don't really need to go see Dr. Hill anymore. It's all good. Never mind. Never. Sigh. Right. So she finds out Hutch goes into a coma. Doesn't visit him. Doesn't do anything. No. She's like, I'm good. Just does, doesn't give a shit after that. Literally, that was it. Oh, that's a bummer. That's sad. Okay. Next, next time she thinks about him, he's, he's dead. He's dead. She gets a call. And she's late for the freaking funeral and misses it. <laughs> misses the whole Hutch's funeral. Luckily. And her husband doesn't even come no. with her, even though it's their friend. Right. So that these are all little warning signals, right? So she gets a yeah. book from uh, Hutch's uh, friend. Paramore? I don't know. It's hard to say. I think it's her it, Paramore. <laughs> Courtesan? Lover. Yeah. Lover. Basically. So it's a book that he was reading called, oh, crap. The, All of Them Witches. All of Them Witches. And he's highlighted certain passages about Adrian Marcato. And she, yeah, very... Very conveniently, he found the exact book yep. that has everything about Roman in it. Oh, hang on. Jump uh -oh, in the gun. Uh -oh. did, I, did I jump the gun? Jump the gun. And she, he says the name is an, an anagram. anagram. Name is an anagram. So she thinks the title, but it's not the title. It's the name of Adrian Marcato's son, Stephen Marcato. 
Mm-hmm. Which, when you rearrange the letters, form Roman Castavet. So there you have it. So we know now he's the son of a famous devil worshiper. So she gets suspicious about everybody. Almost everybody. Almost. Uh, so she goes to Dr. Saperstein and says, oh, I think they're all devil worshipers. He's like, yeah, mm, you may be right about that. Uh, mm, I think I'll send them on vacation. Don't worry about taking any more of that stuff. Take these pills instead. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, she tries to go uh, back to Dr. Saperstein because now she's kind of suspicious of her husband. But, of course, the uh, receptionist is like, what is, what is that interesting scent you're wearing? Oh, I'm wearing, I don't know what she says. Je- uh, Tatuma or so, something so, like that. <laughs> something. Tatuma. And she says, <laughs> thank goodness you're not wearing that horrible tennis root anymore. I wish the doctor wouldn't wear it quite so often. Bum, uh-huh. bum, bum. So now she knows Dr. Saperstein is also involved. So she's suspicious so of she, everybody. She's having boogies a- out of there. She goes back to Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill says, hey, how about we get to the hospital tonight? Well, we can deliver this baby. All will be good. Go take a nap in the other room. Five minutes later, there's Dr. Saperstein and there's Guy come to collect her. So Come with us or we're going to put you in the bonker room. Yep. Basically, you're going to go to the psycho ward if you don't come with us without any further complaint. Mm-hmm. So she delivers the baby. Guy tells her, oh, it's fine. It's for the baby's healthy. Everything's good. Five minutes later. Oh, I, I mean, the baby died. Baby died. No more baby. Sorry, hon. Yeah. Sorry. You- Ignore the crying of a baby <laughs> through the wall in many in Roman's house who have already left yes. the country because Roman's dying. Dubrovnik. Oh, and, and that's something that drove me crazy. I, I'm so terrified of Roman and Minnie because he's a devil worshiper and he might try to hurt the baby. Yet I'm completely uh, heartbroken and upset when he leaves to go on his whirlwind tour. <laughs> Which is it? Which yeah. is it? Are we sad or are we afraid? Yeah, pretty much. Or are we just a dingbat? And of course, so when she first gets home to deliver the baby, there's, again, 15 incredibly old people grabbing her, holding her down. Forcing her to deliver the baby in her bed, essentially. So uh, you skipped the point where, where she got away from yeah. him and, and ran uh, up the elevator, blocked the door, and lo- bolted the door, and is trying to call her friends for help. Meanwhile, behind her, you see everybody doing those cartoon sneaks, uh, like shaggy, tippy toes. <laughs> it was Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> doing tippy toes yeah. through the door. Yeah. Because clearly, we remember where the vacuum was in the movie is actually a passageway directly into Minnie and Roman's house. That's correct. So the next thing you know, there's like 20 people in her bedroom holding her down while the doctor gives her a uh, shut the hell up song. And mysteriously, she's also in labor. <laughs> well, she was, she was fit to pop. She was ready to go. She was pop like a grape. Pop like a grape. Um, so again, she hears the crying baby in the in the adjoining uh, suite the next day next day we should, we should clarify after t- being told first the baby's fine don't worry oh my bad what i mean is the baby didn't make it sorry so she goes finds a secret passage goes back over there and again 15 incredibly old people and one young asian guy with a camera for some reason what Oh, that's just weird and racist. And he keeps showing her the back of the camera's open with film yeah. all exposed. And he's like, ha, 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 click, click. Yep. I'm like, what the hell is that? Cr- what is a- that? Besides just a rando racist thing? Or maybe it's the devil isn't racist. Look. Could be. He has, he has like an Asian dude and like some dude from Argentina right. rolls in. No, no, he's, he's Greek. He's Greek. Oh, is he Greek? Yeah, he had a crazy Greek name. Um, So she sees the crazy black shrouded crib, goes up, sees the baby. We don't see ever see the baby, but she's like, where do you buy that? Where do you buy that? Is that JCPenney? Could be. Did Laura Louise uh, and Minnie make that? No, kids are us, I think, basically. (laughs) Satanic kids are us. So the kids got crazy eyes that uh, we, we don't ever see. Evidently, there's something going on with his hands and his feet they talk about. I think he has a tail. He's he's pretty well messed up, but he's crying. 
Um, and immediately, guy sees her, and he's, like, ashamed. He kind of slinks off by himself. Everybody else is like, ooh, what are you doing here? And there's different reactions, right? Laura Louise is like, if you don't be quiet, we'll kill you, too. And another old woman is like, oh, show some respect for the, for the mother of our Lord, or whatever it was. And who was that woman? Uh, who the hell knows? She tried to feed her no! earlier. It's Aunt Clara from, from Mayberry. When Aunt B died, Aunt Clara came to take care of Andy and Opie. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't know? Did you never watch the Andy Griffith show when you were a, a child? I was born in 1975. They had TV in 1975, too. Mayberry was not on at that point, as far as I recall. Oh, my God. At least not enough oh. to remember all the inner workings of uh, the Andy Griffith show. I have to tell oh, you. Oh, Lord. Are, are you going to deny the Waltons next? I do deny the Waltons. <laughs> um, anywho, so there's a, it's an all-star cast. Uh, but it's basically Roman is like, you know, Minnie and Laura Louise are too damn old to raise this child. Why don't you be a mother to little Adrian? Be a mother. You don't have to join our sect or our coven. You can just be his mother, even though he's a crazy mutant. And you know what? The devil worshipers have a problem with recruitment. If the only women are old, dried up crazies yep. or strange single gay men, there's something wrong with the recruitment. <laughs> it's a sad situation. And Roman, who's clearly the leader. He's clearly the leader. Well, they talked about, <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. Basically, it's like um, with Victoria Vitri, evidently they had tried to just talk to her frankly. And tried to bribe right. her and convince her, we'll take care of everything. And that's when she jumped out the window. Or was she murdered? Or I believe she was murdered. She was. They, they needed to shut her the hell right. up. Right. When she turned down their plans, they couldn't have her running around, basically. No. So that's when they decided, we're not going to come clean. We're going to try to manip. We're going to basically pay off your husband. The husband yeah. that we can take care of. Plan B. Right. And it worked. I mean, they win. Right? The, they won, right? The mutant child is born. They're all uh, Hail Satan, all this stuff. Year one. Year one. Oh, okay. Th this is the alternative ending. Wait on me. I'm, Ro I'm Rosemary. Here's the alternative ending. Okay. I'm like, okay. I'll, I'll raise your little Adrian Satan child. But f see my, my husband over there? Terrible death, please. <laughs> he ain't getting away with nothing. No. He needs to go to prison as like a, a sex offender, yeah. a, a, a serial killer. He needs to live long and suffer because he is so shady. I mean, he's awful. The guy, the, John uh, Castavez is clearly a, a great actor because there's so many subtleties to his performance. He literally is. It's like he's ashamed, but you can also tell that he would do it again. In a Absolutely. Second. Absolutely, but but he's ashamed he's he was caught. Weasel. He was ashamed he was, he was caught. He... he wasn't ashamed he did it. He was ashamed that he has right. to look her in the face after she knows that he did it. That's exactly. the issue. Exactly. He trust me. It, he would have done anything for the stardom. She matters nothing. No, clearly his the child it matters even less. So one conversation he was all in. One yeah. conversation there wasn't a lot of convincing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. He's got to jump out the window or something. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. He's to suffer a long time. Now, let's, let's go ahead and hit behind the scenes, Shell. Oh, my God. I got, uh, well, <laughs> Laura Louise, I found a whole website oh, no. dedicated to Laura Not Louise. Not just dedicated to Laura Louise. Laura Louise. So Laura Louise is is an old timey comedian, uh, actress. For, I mean, old timey. Yeah. And just a very out there lesbian. Tallulah Bankhead was one of her lovers. She was barred basically from making films from like 1940 till like the 60s. She was uh, Patsy Be Kelly. Is her real name, by the way. Oh, that's not as important. <laughs> Laura Louise. But she's another one of these great characters that really steal the show with her Coke bottle glasses. Yep. She was she she was fantastic. Let's see here. I got so much stuff. You here you, I'll do one you do one. Okay. Uh their friend Hutch. More uh Oh damn yep. it, that's on that's my the list good one. too. Maurice Evans. Yep. Uh you might remember him from Bewitched. 
He was Samantha's and... aunt. Let me get one out, then I'll get to the other one. He was Samantha <laughs> Stevens' father, who was also a witch on Bewitched. But more importantly, he was Dr. Zass, Dr. Zass, Zass Dr. Zass, Dr. Zass, Dr. Zass. <laughs> yes. That's the big I one. I was like, what? Yep. And then I could totally hear his voice. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah Dr. Yeah. Zass. Go for it. That was one of the Simpsons' greatest things. Stop the planet of the apes. Yep. I want to get off. <laughs> you made a monkey out of me. Yeah, out of me. Oh, my Go God. Go for it. Simpsons was the bomb. <laughs> Well, I got a whole bunch of stuff, but but I, now I got to go look for zingers. Well, <laughs> John Cassavet was not the first choice. They yep. originally wanted Redford. Yep. And there was a whole list of people, including Jack Nicholson, that they thought about. But really, I think John Cassavet's fine. Redford just always seems too much of a puss to me. <laughs> He'd cry or something. I don't you know, know John Cassavet is from uh, The Dirty Dozen. More than no, uh, I never saw that. Do you uh, think I saw you. that? That was one of your favorites. Uh. He's, he had like his own version of method acting, and he was a big uh, independent filmmaker. Yeah. Besides being an actor, uh, which is why Polanski really wanted to work with him, although that didn't quite work out so well. Roman Polanski was the director of Rosemary's Baby. So there you oh, have this it. is Roman Polanski's masterpiece. Is I don't this? disagree. And there's Chinatown. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, and he plays a little cameo in uh, Chinatown, too. But yep. uh, yeah, Roman Polanski was fantastic. And Roman Polanski was, was not a religious man. So part of his thing here is he wanted to keep it open. Is this all real? Or is, is this in Rosemary's mind? Kind of like a haunting of Hill House. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to say. Isn't that an interesting you, idea? You'd figure that the mutant baby might be a, a, a clue. That it's kind of real. Or is this, she's been on medication. Is, is this some kind of postpartum psychosis? It could be. Stranger things have happened. Sure. So he wanted to keep the window open. Yep. Well, they were talking about how this was, there were a lot of uh, people involved in this movie who were trying to kind of go legit. Because you had Mia Farrow again. She was the star of Peyton Place, a TV series right. prior to this. Rowan Polanski had done some smaller things, but this was the biggest thing that he'd done up to this point. And William Castle, the producer, uh, who was big for The Haunting of Hill House and those kind of uh, crazy B-movies where there's like a ghost floating down the aisle or a buzzer yeah. on the seat. The Tingler. Yep. The Tingler. The Tingler's a big one. Uh, he was trying to uh, not – they wouldn't let him direct it. So it was like this is he his way. He wanted desperately. Right. He thought this was going to be his legitimate thing. And Bob Evans was like, no. <laughs> Bob Evans. Uh, old friend of our of our moms. Old Robert uh -huh. Evans. Oh, my, we, which we can't say too much because I Googled me still yeah, alive. Still... So th that might be an appendix to this uh, special podcast. <laughs> Good times. Uh, anything else? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, Mia Farrow w was married to Frank Sinatra yep. at this time. I believe he was 75 years older than her. <laughs> he had previously been with, with uh, uh, was it Ava Gardner? Ava Gardner. Who couldn't be more of an opposite uh, of this little flower child. Right. In fact, his old mafia boys were like, especially after that haircut, they're like, Frank, are you dating a little boy? What's pretty going much, on here? Pretty much. So he was always, I had this feeling like he was always kind of like uh, ashamed of their relationship. So I think when there was a chance to break this off, he did. So basically she was supposed to do a film with Sinatra and then she thought she could do both of these at the same time. And then finally he laid out an ultimatum. He's like, you either drop Rosemary, this movie's not for you, or we're done. And she called his bluff and he sent papers yep. and that's that. Yep. But they say she was sleeping with him till the day he died. That's the word Back on the forth. street. That's the, ro the rumor. The Ronan Farrell is his father. Those are all kinds of rumors. Pulitzer Prize writer uh, Ronan Farrow, who who uh, exposed uh, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Weinstein. Weinstein. Uh, that is Mia Farrow's son, allegedly Woody Allen's son. Allegedly, it doesn't look like Woody Allen. Allegedly, and 
And quite frankly, Mia Farrow had a terrible reputation. She would have no problem going after people's husbands, you know. Well, she was married Andrew three Previn. times. Yeah, yeah. Married three times, and then she was with Woody for 15 years or whatever it was. Yeah, forever and ever. She she, she may or may not have some issues. Um, this movie was based upon the book, Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin, which I actually read. And I one thing that's kind of an interesting reoccurring theme in his books and then the movies that they uh, turn into is there's always some kind of conspiracy. Like the, the protagonist is usually like a young housewife who thinks everything's cool, but then there's a conspiracy that she finds herself in the middle of. And it's always her husband's involved. Always, always. She did Rosemary's Baby, and they also did The Stepford Wives, which is a similar... Because when a woman is murdered, who's the first person they talk right. to? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So that was kind of interesting. I actually read, I read Rosemary's Baby, and I read the sequel, because there was a sequel that he wrote called The Son yes. of Rosemary. Uh, I, I read it literally 25 years ago, and I cannot remember if it was any good. So I'm sad. I, I re- remember stealing it from you, and I, I never read Rosemary's Baby, but I did read The Son of Rosemary, and I enjoyed it. And it was kind of like one of the later uh, Omen yes, books yes. where he kind of grew up more normal because of his mom, and but there was the struggle about his identity and all of that. I think, if I recall, they figured out some way of covering up his freakishness. Um <laughs> Because you can't be walking around uh, Manhattan with like Hoops. a tail and 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 goat feet. Can't do it. And but I remember being pretty good. This I mean, this movie spawned all those crazy omen Exorcist. movies and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all that good stuff. There, there was a uh, a made-for-TV sequel called "Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby," which was a total flop. The only uh, it started like Patty Duke. As uh, Rosemary okay, for, Woodhouse. Okay, come on. Uh, Ruth Gordon went on to, uh, <laughs> she was the only actor who actually uh, uh, started both uh, movies. Ruth Gordon, this, she was a big star like way back when, and this kind of gave her a resurgence. Uh, she was like 71 in this or so. I was trying to, I, I, yeah, she was old. The math never came out. This was, this was made in 1968, and she was born in like, 1896 or yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy crap. She was old as the hills. And after yeah. this, she starred in Harold and Maude. Oh, my God. I love Harold and it was. All, so I always much. tell people it was Daddy Bob's favorite movie. It, it was fan, Well, he, he was kind of into that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is more information than we need. Uh, anywho, any any last uh, bits of oh trivia? Shut your mouth! I have five pages. We're here. going two hours right. deep, so let's. Hey, hey, handle it. All right, Mia Farrow when she ate that steak and ate the liver, yep. she really did it, and she was a vegetarian at the time. But she's like, "All right, let's just do yep. it." Yep. William Castle makes a cameo while she's in the phone booth, yep. desperately trying to get in touch with with Doctor Hill. You see this cigar chomping man. That's William. Well, Castle. you first you think it's Ralph Bellamy, Doctor Saperstein from behind, right? Turns around, it's a, it's a totally different dude, no resemblance, just an old man, I guess. <laughs> and I made some crazy notes about like one of her dreams. She's like, please don't change the program on my account. Yes. At one point, the point, the Pope comes up and she's going to kiss his ring, but the ring is actually the necklace. Right. The Tannis, the Tannis necklace. The Tannis root necklace. Yeah. Um, Tannis root is not real, by the way. Ira Levin made it up. God, God bless. God bless us. Uh, I've just put down all the men in this movie, with the exception of maybe Hutch, are just, they're all terrible, terrible, terrible people. They are, pretty much. Did you notice, uh, so at one point, Rosemary calls the actor who went blind on the phone just to see if he's okay. Uh, Because now she's figured out, okay, so if the the witches get an article of clothing from from you, then they can cast spells on you. Hutch had lost a glove. And, uh, you know, the next day he's in a coma. She calls to talk to the guy, and the guy admits that he traded ties with Guy. Do you recognize the voice on the phone? I did not, but I know who it is. Does that get me a point? <laughs> that gets you a point. Who is the voice on the phone? 
is Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Which I've seen this movie a thousand times, and I never realized that was Tony Curtis. Well, and uh, Mia Farrow was not told who the actor was going to be. So the whole time, she's so part of her confusion on her face is like, I know I recognize this voice. Oh, how funny. But I have no idea who it was until later she found out who it was. But yeah, it, it's crazy old Tony Curtis uh, on the phone <laughs> going blind. <sighs> uh, let, let's see what else we got here. The mu- the soundtrack is crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of la it, la it, la. It, <laughs> and, and no, I mean the la la la, but the orchestration, not all through it. It's like the the shrieking sounds of these crazy instruments yep. to to build suspense. I, I can't remember the composer. Some one of uh, Roman Polanski's crazy lifelong friends, but it really. I mean, no kaleidoscope there, mm-hmm. right? L- like the eyes without a face. It, it was really uh, tense. And let me tell you the beauty of this movie. The beauty of this movie is evil is your old Dexter yep. neighbor. While they're plotting to overthrow God in heaven, she's still worried about uh, dirty making the carpet dirty yep. and scratching her wood floor. I wanted to say it's the banality of evil, but actually that means something totally different. I just spent a half an hour digging that up. So I, I can't even explain. It's it's evil comes in all forms it, it's it's like just an innocent little thing it's like they're living that's the beauty of this movie they're just living their lives acting like totally normal yep. old people while bringing the end to the civilization as well exactly isn't that crazy that's the genius of this right. movie i'll tell you what i i love this movie but i have to be honest i don't find it scary even a little bit i remember being young and when they're when when Mia Farrow's character and Playgirl Playboy model Victoria Vitri, <laughs> Victoria Vitri are in that laundry room, and they're and then I remember hearing they they found a, a dead baby down there. Oh right, that was so creepy. I was like, this is my most of my life. I've absolutely been terrified of New York City <laughs> for for crazy crap like that. That between that Death and wish. watching. <laughs> Death Wish, <laughs> watching 1,000 episodes of Law and Order. I remember going, I know I'm going to go to New York City. The Warriors. Those Law, Law and Order uh, hotels with the crackhead yep. in it. Oh, it's a terrifying place. Shot on the street. Oh, I was alive in the 70s where the, the, when it was you know going bankrupt yeah. and it, it, it was a cesspool. So that's still in my mind. So <laughs> one day I will go to New York and I won't find a baby in a dumpster. So. You've never been to New York? No. One day. I've been there. I didn't. I, and? No babies? No dead babies as far as I could remember. <laughs> I call that a bonus. <laughs> Move, okay. Let's any. Uh, okay. Here are some wacky quotes. That I found. Oh, you have more quotes? As always. All right. But I already dropped you. It was kind of fun in a necrophile kind of way. Oh, that was oh, a... That's so terrible. Try that with your wife tonight. See what that I is. dreamed somebody was <laughs> raping me. I think it was someone inhuman. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it was a lot of those jokes. And, and the quintessential line is, in her crazy British accent, this is no dream. This is really happening. Yeah, that was the big one. Because she only was half drugged, and so she kept waking up during the rape scene. Yep. I was like, "Oh, what a nightmare!" You got the spins, and you got the Wolfman, yep. and every ninety-year-old person in, in, in a New York City block is standing around your bed. Evidently, the crazy uh, werewolf man was uh, like the the filming of that scene took four hours. So she's like, "This guy was grinding on me for four hours." Oh, and when God. it was over, he got up in a very professional way. Shook her hand and said, thank you very much. It was nice working with you. Oh, dear God. And that was, she said it was a nice experience. So take of that what you will. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw on, uh, I didn't write this down, but during filming, Mia Farrow had this board where she listed all the people that were nice to her and all the people that were mean to her. <laughs> so Roman Polanski created a Mia Farrow board. Where it was like punctuality and, and list made, created all these lines when he would check off for her. 
<laughs> lovely, lovely. Dude, you can find pictures of both online. People are insane. Yes, I don't doubt it. So, any last words <laughs> before we move on with our lives? Let's see. In the Kitty Kelly book about Frank Sinatra, it talks about that uh, Frank Sinatra beat the shit out of her. That she showed up to the set right before their divorce, and they had to put all this crazy makeup on her. But you know that's Kitty Keller, so you don't know Lovely. what's true, what's what's not true. Well, and the word on the street is also he uh, he offered to break Woody Woody, uh, Woody Allen's legs uh, during the whole Sunyi debacle. So there you have. She should have taken him up. She on thought that. about it. So anyway, thank you for joining us. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast, TW die. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail and like, share and subscribe on Potify, Apple podcasts. What's Potify? Potify. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal now. So whatever you need it's to do. It's legal now. Whatever. What's California? <laughs> and then... Go ahead and visit Erin on her Twitter account. What is it? Oh, it is the Cult of Erin. For all your religious needs. So there you have it. That's right. So thank you for joining us and be well. Be just and prosper.